0: Only then that which is nameless comes into being.
1: This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Logically, sanely, I observe that nobody can help me. It is not that I become cynical, it is a fact. And so, am I willing to stand alone? Hello and welcome to episode 142 of Urgency of Change. Season 3 of the Krishnamurti podcast continues with the format of extracts carefully chosen from the Philosopher's Talks. Each weekly episode focuses on a theme explored by Krishnamurti, and the aim is to represent his different approaches to these universal topics. This week's theme is Help. Upcoming themes are Attachment, The Immeasurable and Achieving. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in Hampshire, UK. Brockwood is also home to Brockwood Park School, an international boarding school offering a personalised, holistic education for around 70 students. It is deeply inspired by Krishnamurti's teaching, which encourages academic excellence, self-understanding, creativity and integrity. Please visit brockwood.org.uk for more information. You can also find daily Krishnamurti quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on your podcast app, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on help has four sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's seventh talk in Bombay, 1964, titled We have always sought help from others.
0: Society is always in a state of corruption, and it behoves us to find out for ourselves
2: how to come out of this corruption, because
0: you know what is happening in this country as in the world, from the highest political office to the lowest, there is corruption. Everywhere in the world of art, music, there is tradition, there is no creation. Religion, as it is practised now, is absolutely meaningless and utterly disastrous for man. It has no meaning. It's an escape from actual life of boredom, of fear, and all the rituals. With their priests have no meaning whatsoever, though momentarily they give a, a kind of sensation. And the worship of authority as the guru, as the leader, will lead man nowhere, for they, do, for they deny totally. Freedom.
2: So these are some of the problems, that first
0: there is no freedom and you have to work to have that freedom, because it is only in freedom that you can discover what is true. You will not have freedom either through any form of government, communist, socialist, or otherwise.
2: So, governments are not going to solve your problems.
0: Nor science. You may go to the moon or go into the bowels of the earth. But the human mind will be the same, adjusting itself, modifying itself, carrying on on a superficial level of corruption, modifying, adjusting, reforming, No, any social reform. Whatever is reputation, whatever is activity, is going to bring freedom to man. Every social ref- reformation is the denial of the freedom of man
2: because he sustains the corruption of society.
0: Probably you know all this, probably you have vaguely thought about all this, and probably. You find there is no way out of it.
2: So we are going to find out for ourselves if there is a way
0: out of this chaos, this corruption, this utter
2: decay. We have looked. To outside agency as God,
0: to some authority, spiritual authority to help us out. And this has been going on upon century upon century, seeking aid from outside. Through prayers, through worship, through obedience. through the worship of a guru, of a saint, and blindly or intelligently following them.
2: We have tried so many ways to escape from
0: the chaos which man has created, which you and I have created. It is the result of our activity Society, which is relationship, is the result of your relationship with another. The environment has made you, and you have made the environment. <coughs> so, seeing all this, what is man to do? There is no escape, there is no outside agency, no gods, nobody is going to come from Mars or Venus in flying saucers to save us, no religion, no belief, no dogma is going to purify the mind and the heart so completely that you come out of this with beauty with extraordinary sense of compassion and love so what what is it that we can do first we must actually deny, actually deny religion as we know, actually deny society as as it is. I mean by society the psychological structure which is part of society, of which we are. Deny that totally,
2: deny completely,
0: with all your mind and heart, authority. And deny entirely, ruthlessly every demand of help. Because when you seek help – that is, through an outside agency, beyond yourself – please listen to this, because we are all in a state of misery, confusion, conflict, and we want to be helped. We want somebody to tell us what to do. we want some guidance we want to take we want to take somebody's hand in this darkness who will take us to light we are so confused we don't know where to turn because education religion, leaders, saints, and all these people have utterly failed. And yet because we are in sorrow, because there is conflict and confusion, we look to somebody to help us. And probably that's why most of you are here hoping some way to catch a glimpse of reality hoping some way to be led to to that beauty of life now if you will kindly listen with your inner ear, with clarity, you will see that there is no help. The speaker cannot help you, he refuses to help you. Please understand this, go with it slowly. He refuses totally, completely to help you.
2: What you want I- is to
0: sustain the corruption and live in corruption and to be helped in that corruption. You want to be helped little bit to live comfortably, to carry on with your ambitions, with your greed, with your envies, with your brutalities, the everyday existence, and let, modify a little there to make become a little more rich, a little more comfortable, a little more happy. That's all you want – a better job, a better car. a better position, you really don't want to be completely, entirely free of sorrow. You don't want to find out what is love and the beauty of it, the immensity of it. You don't want to find out what is creation. So what we really want when we say we want to be helped is to continue in a modified form in this wretched world, with the ugliness of our lives, with the brutality of our existence, with the everyday conflict – that's all we know and we cling to that, and we want that modified. And anybody. That helps you to live in that field. You think he's a great man. He's a saint. He's a marvelous savior. Therefore, the speaker says he is not giving help. And if you seek help from the speaker, you are lost. There is no help from anybody, at any time. And that's a dreadful thing to realise for oneself. And you have to realise the appalling, frightening fact that you, as a human being, have to stand completely on your own feet. There are no pernicious, no Gitas, no leaders, nothing that can save you. You have to save yourself. You know what it, that does when you realise that fact? and it is a fact, when you actually realise that fact,
2: either you think further in your corruption, or
0: that very fact gives you tremendous energy to break through the network of psychological structure of society, breakthrough, shattering everything.
2: And then you will never seek help because you are free. A free man, a man who is not frightened, who has a clear mind,
0: whose heart is vital, strong, energetic, he doesn't want help. And we, you and I, we have to stand alone, completely, totally there, with no help from anybody because you have sought help. Politically, religiously, from the gurus, socially, every way. And they've all betrayed you. There have been revolutions, political, economic revolutions, communism, social revolutions. They are not the answer. They cannot help you. Because they have bring more tyranny, more slavery, it's only when you demand complete freedom and sustain that freedom, then only you will find through operational approach the reality. And it is that reality that is, will set man free and nothing else. And it is one of the most difficult things to realize that you have to stand completely alone by yourself entirely. Because It is only the man who is free that can cooperate. And it is the man who is free that says, I will not
1: cooperate,
0: because cooperation implies, as it is generally understood, cooperating round a person. Round an idea or for an utopia. Round authority of a person or the authority of an idea as the state. If you observe that kind of cooperation, it is not cooperation at all. It is mutual benefit, and when the authority Changes you change in order to derive your benefit from that. So it's a compulsive form of adjustment. We are talking of authority, of cooperation, of something entire which is entirely different, because man must cooperate. We can't live without cooperation. Life is relationship, life is cooperation. You and I cannot possibly exist without cooperation. But to cooperate, there must be freedom. You must be free and I must be free to cooperate. Freedom doesn't mean doing what we like and being ruthless and all the rest of the stupid reactions connected with that world. Because it's only the man who is free to love, who has no jealousy,
2: no hate,
0: nothing he wants for himself, for his family, for his race, for his group. It's only such a man who is free and knows the full significance of love and beauty, it's only that man can cooperate.
1: The second extract is from the first question and answer meeting at Brockwood Park in 1981, titled, Why Do I Ask for Help from Another?
0: the question is asking why is it that human beings from time immemorial from the most ancient hindus and the egyptians and the, after the afterwards other civilizations why through all these periods of time why has man followed somebody a political leader, a general, a high priest, a psychologist, a philosopher? Why? What is it in the mind of the human being that says, he knows, I don't? because he knows he will help me to live a different kind of life, help me to get over my pain, my sorrow, my anxiety, and so on, so on. So, I being, one being confused, the other is not, at least it, I think he's not, Most gurus are, but we attribute to them all kinds of fanciful, romantic nonsense. So there is this first point I don't know, but you know. At least I think you know. You have the reputation, there are lots of other idiots like me, following. (laughs) And the greater the following, the more I feel it's accurate because so many people believe in that kind of stuff, and I follow. That's one thing. Also, the leader, political, religious, as the gurus, and so on, they have assumed certain authority, whether it is logical, reasonable, sane, or illusory, they have assumed certain authority. They have received from the guru, superior guru, the rest of it, apostolic succession, and also the similar things, Sanskrit in India. This is an old game played by all the priests in the world, the leaders. So that is the question. Question is, why human beings follow another? Let's inquire into it. Is it because we are not clear? We are confused. And I am confused. Suppose I am confused and I choose you as my leader. I choose out of my confusion, not out of my clarity. Please see the sanity of it first, the logic of it, and then you can throw it out if you disagree. I am confused. My brain is in state of contradiction. I am frightened. I have no psychological security. I come to you because you have you a have certain authority, Certain dress, certain uh, paraphernalia around you, and I come. I'm impressed by the dress, by the people, by the you know whole setup. And you assure me that surrender yourself to me. And I will save you. Right? Give yourself over to me, because I know you don't. So I'll help you. And I'm only too willing and gullible. Because I want to be I want comfort, I want some security, I want some hope somewhere on whom I can depend in whom I have trust, in whom I know, or perhaps I think I know, that he will guide me, help me. And he is only too willing to help me. It begins very gently, There is the inner circle, the outer circle, and the outer and outer circles. And gradually that help becomes dependence. And I depend on my guru, on my priest, on my leader, the political leader of all the various countries. I don't know why we are slaves to the politicians all over the world. I don't know if you have inquired into it. We have elected them, or they have assumed power in the totalitarian states, and they put their thumb on you and for the rest of your life you are stuck. Or in the democratic world, it's every five years, seven years, you change. But it is the same, you elect them out of your confusion, and there they are, they are confused, they the game is played. Every seven years or five years, this goes on. And it happens the same thing with the gurus. I don't like that guru, but I like the other one. He's more indulgent, he allows me to do what I like. <laughs> you know, many, I, many gurus have come to see the speaker at many times. <laughs> the funniest one of them was... He had been in that particular country for 20, for many years and he came to see me with all the robes and beads and, you know, all the rest of it. <laughs> and he said... <laughs> he saluted me most respectfully because he assumed I was the guru of gurus. <laughs> and he said, sir, I have been in this country for many years, I have talked all over the different parts of this country, I have a large number of followers, but I have run out of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) So I have come to you And so, please give me some ideas. (laughs) I'm not, we are not joking, but this was an actual fact. (laughs) You see, when we have really understood why we follow, why. A guru assumes assumes authority. Why he demands so many things, or allows me, allows another follower to throw off his inhibitions, doing what they like—sex, you know—the whole performance, ugliness of all that. I naturally feel that there is somebody who will help me. So why do I ask help of another? That's the real point. Apart from joking about all this, this is a very serious problem. Because they are multiplying, these gurus, with enormous work. Think of a religious man having enormous wealth and property, millions and millions of dollars, thousands of acres, hundreds and thousands of followers. What is wrong to allow such a thing to happen in a world that is already so utterly destructive, so degenerating to allow the so-called religious people, who are really not religious, to acquire such wealth, such power. And they because they have enormous amount of money, they bribe, you follow. They slip through all the regulations and rules. So Why do we allow all this? Why do we allow terrorism, for example? Which is spreading. And is it because we are slack, indulgent? What does it matter? Indifference, or do we really want to find somebody to help you? Some honest man, not a guru. They merely repeat over and over again. You You've seen all this. Look, says, I'm not attacking anybody personally. I hope, please, I will not do that. But I have, during all these, over 60 years, I have watched this. One cult after another. One guru after another. More and more wealth accumulated. Private planes, private... Oh, and they are all religious people. So the world has gone mad. And we are helping these people to go still madder. So we come back to this question. Why do I want help from another? If I am physically sick, I go to a doctor. If I have cancer, I consult specialists. He puts me on a table or kills me or the end of it. <laughs> but psychologically we're also diseased. Psychologically, inwardly, we are wounded people. And we hope others will cure us you know? and this has been the story of mankind from the ancient civilizations from the sumerians and so on till now we are still doing the same we are psychologically unhealthy and we are depending on another to cure us and we have not been cured that's the first thing to realize you can go from guru to guru to guru as most as so many are doing so thoughtlessly and we are still unhealthy, psychologically, at the end of it. So if we realise, first be aware that we are inwardly unhealthy. I am using that word in most... without any further meaning than that. Wounded people, disappointed people, lonely people. Full of pain, anxiety, sorrow. That's all indication of unhealth, un- lack of health. Now, can anybody cure you of it? You understand? Historically, from the very ancient times, man has always looked to somebody else. And up to now, they are still doing the same. Which all indicates that nobody outside can cure you. <coughs> nobody. Your saviours, the Buddhists with their Buddha, and the Hindus with their... and so on. None of them have succeeded, and will ever succeed, in bringing about psychological sanity, rationality. So that, if I realize that, right logically, saying if you observe all this, then what am I to do? That's the real question. What am I to do when I have discovered that nobody can help me? Prayers, meditation – wait a minute, I must be careful here. Meditation is very important in life. But that meditation must come after putting the house in order, your house inside. Otherwise it merely becomes an illusion, leads to illusion, of fanciful images and all kinds of silly experiences that have no value at all. Meditation has got immense significance. If the, when the house is in complete order. But we have turned it the other way round. We meditate hoping to put the house in order, or meditate hoping some kind of miracle will take place that will put the house in order, my order, the house being myself, oneself. The other way around. You follow? That's what we... The I won't go into it. The speaker generally talks about meditation at the end of the talks. He has done this purposely because all that he has said previously is to bring about order in the house. A man who is frightened, is pursuing pleasure, he can meditate till he is blue in the face, stand on his head, cross leg, uh, do all kinds of things that have been prescribed by the innumerable gurus, he will still be what he is. Perhaps little modified, but he, basically, he's still frightened entity. So we are saying, begin the other way around. Then meditation is a marvelous thing, which we'll talk about next Sunday. That's not an enticement
2: <laughs>
0: So, if I cannot depend on anybody to heal my wounds, my state of psychological health, I have to look to myself. I cannot depend on anybody. Right? We, when I say that, am I frightened? Please inquire with me into this question. When I say to myself I must stand alone. <coughs> Nobody can help me. Because I have realized, I have been through various gurus, studied, prayed, meditated. At the end of it all I am what I have been when I started. So, logically, sanely, I observe that nobody can help me. It is not that I become cynical. It's a fact. And am I willing to stand alone? I need companionship, I need to talk to somebody. Hmm? But they are not going to become my gurus. They will be my friends, but I will talk about it. But I realise deeply I cannot depend. I depend on the postman, the milking, the and so on. But inwardly I am... there is no dependence. Because I realize also that attachment, which is to give oneself over to the Guru, that very attachment leads to corruption. Right? I don't know if you have noticed this. Any form of attachment to any person, to any belief, to any ideas, to any country, and so on, must inevitably breed corruption. So I realise all that. So what am I to do? Can I be a light to myself? I am not a light to myself now, I am a confused entity. Which are talking to that? Personally, I'm not. I'm. We're talking about it together. I'm a confused entity, and you tell me, be a light to yourself. I understand that very well, log- logically, intellectually. But I am not a light to myself because I am terribly confused, deeply wounded, unhealthy psychologically. I'm. Unbalanced, neurotic, romantic, sentimental. So I take all that in, I am all that. So what am I to do? <coughs> to study myself, I must have a book about myself. And you are you willing to give me that book? You and I refuse that book because you, what you write is myself. You are writing out of your confusion, like most psychiatrists. Sorry, I hope they don't tell you. So I have to have a mirror in which I can see myself. I hope you are following all this. I'm, we are talking together. A, we are investigating the question. I have to have a mirror in which I can see exactly what is going on. And no, Hardware store is going to supply that mirror. No shop, no good. You follow? I have pushed aside all that. So I must have a mirror in which I see myself accurately, without any distortion. What is that mirror? we are inquiring please i'm not telling you we are inquiring that mirror is the relation relationship relationship with my neighbor or with my wife that's the only relationship i have in that relationship which is the mirror I see myself as I am – jealous, anxious, frightened, possessive, (coughs) attached, hurt, anxious. The more I am anxious, the more I am attached. My family becomes all-important. So in that whole relationship I begin to see myself accurately as I am. My sexual demands, my arrogance, my vanity, the ugliness of what I am. Assume that I am extraordinarily beautiful. But the mirror shows me I am not. So, what is shown in the mirror is far more important than what I should be. I wonder if you follow all this. The mirror doesn't show me what I should be. That is the beauty of that mirror. That mirror shows me exactly what I am. I may turn away from it, I may escape from it, which we generally do, but if I want to, if I say to myself, nobody can help me, then I am looking at that mirror, and that mirror is showing what. what is not what should be and perhaps I don't like what I, what is and the psychologists and others say express yourself as you are immediately and and again I depend so I'm all the time, aware that people are trying to ha- brainwash me according to their own pattern, and I refuse. And I begin then to have a great deal of vitality naturally.
1: The third extract is from the second question-and-answer meeting in Sanin, 1984, titled, Can Anybody Help You?
0: I would like to cry out for help, but how can one be helped, in courts to freedom? I would like to cry out for help, but how can one – be helped, in quotation – to freedom. So are there are moments and days, periods, when we want to be helped. We want to be helped when you go to a doctor, We want to be helped when we have a disease, when we have some trouble by asking, talking over with somebody. We're always in the world, whether here or in Asia or different parts of the world. We're always wanting to be helped, right? And there are those who give you help, the priests, the vicar in the local village, the pope, those gurus who say, I will help you. There are the, all those people in the world who are trying to help others, because people are wanting help. This is apparently natural response to all their travail and to their misery, unhappiness. Probably most of you, if I, one may most respectfully point out, you are all perhaps wanting to be helped. Perhaps. Some may not. And why do you want to be helped? Who is to help one? This is really quite a serious problem. We have, hel- we have been helped by leaders, Coach, leaders, helped by priests, by psychologists, by therapeutists, by various literature, right? The craving, the human craving, it is crying to be helped. Why? This has been going on not only during our lifetime, this has been going on from the beginning of man, wanting to be helped. Or want to not only from another, help by another, but also pray to God, to some symbol, to something crying out for to be helped. And this we have been doing for thousands and thousands of years. Political leaders, social leaders and so on, gurus with their absurdities, All this has been going on, and we have not been helped. Right? To be helped means to become strong, not depend on anybody. To see things objectively, very clearly. Not personally. And because we are rather indolent, we are so easily satisfied. But most of us are discontent. Discontent, discontentment is like a flame. We want to smother it. We don't keep that flame alive. Because it's too troublesome. It might bring about destruction. Not destruction, revolutionary, physical destruction, but the destruction of one's own pettiness, one's own uncertainties, and so on. So we want to be helped. And there are people who are helping us, therefore they are keeping us permanently in a state of not being able to help ourselves. Right? Is it possible? not to look to another, not to look to books, to nothing, because what you are is the result of being helped. If you say to yourself, I am going to understand myself, I am going to watch myself, see exactly what I am, not get depressed seeing what you are, or elated, but just to observe, and this observation is very simple. If you really want it. You are not seeking help from anybody. Therefore you have, you have to rely entirely on yourself, which means tremendous responsibility. And we don't want to be responsible. This is one of things that's happening in the world. We are becoming less and less responsible because we say the politicians will see to it, the economists will see to it. If we are troubled, the psychologists, the therapists, and the psycho, all the rest of it. But. To be, to have the ever-flowing, living, the depth and the understanding of this movement called the self, which can be perceived very clearly in the mirror of relationship. Right? You're following. You can see yourself very clearly with your wife and in that relationship, every reaction, every thought, every feeling, not letting one thought escape, watching. Then you have immense strength. Then you don't rely on anybody because you are totally responsible. For yourself, for your actions. And that demands a great deal of energy, not wasting energy, chattering, 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 talk. You follow? All that. And very few will do all this, unfortunately. Because we are all rather slack. Forgive. We speak up for you if you use the word slack. And so the responsibility is on others, not on oneself, not for oneself. And if you ask for help, you are making yourself more and more feeble. If you have a headache, as I'm afraid most people have some kind of neuralgia and so on. You take immediately a pill, but it doesn't go. One doesn't go into the why it comes, what is the nature of it? Why find out? Work for it. You understand? See that it doesn't happen. Maybe eating wrongly, doing etc. etc. We never go to the cause of things. Where there is a cause, there is an end to it. You understand? Me? One drinks a tremendous lot, next morning you have a hangover, headache, And to overcome that headache, you take a pill, and the next even carry on. You follow? This is the way we live. Highly sophisticated world we live in. And therefore to ask for help to make oneself more feeble, more irresponsible, more dependent, Whereas if you are totally responsible for yourself, everything that you do, or that you have promised to do, never find an excuse and so on, you understand? – so that you are, stand on your own feet in dignity and responsibility.
1: The final extract in this episode is from the 13th talk in Ohi, 1949, titled, Wanting to Help Others.
2: What is it when we mean by help another? What do we mean by that word? Like the word service, what does it mean? You go to the gas station and he serves. You pay him. But he uses the word serve like all the business people. All the commercial people use that word. And he's not those who also wish to serve have they are not also the same spirit. They want to help if you give them also something. That is, they want to help you in order to fulfill themselves. And when you resist, you begin to criticize, they feel frustrated. In other words, they are not really helping you. True help through service, they are fulfilling themselves. In other words, they are seeking self-fulfillment under the guise of help and service, which when thwarted, gets angry, begins to gossip, begins to tear you to pieces, which is obvious fact, is it not? And can you not help and serve another without asking anything? Which is most difficult, which is not just easy, say yes, it can be done. When you give something to somebody, a few hundred dollars, haven't you something with which you are tied? Don't you tie you that hundred dollars? Hasn't it a tail? Can you give and forget? This giving from the heart is real generosity. But the genera- generosity of the hand has always something to be held. It holds. And similarly, those who want to help, when they are prevented for various reasons, feel frustrated, feel lost, they won't stand criticism. It's misrepresented, mistranslated, misinterpreted. Because through their anxiety to help you they are fulfilling themselves so the problem is is there self-fulfillment is it not from the from that arises next question is there self-fulfillment is not that word self-fulfillment contradiction When you want to fulfill yourself in something, what is that something in which you are fulfilling? Is it not self-rejection? Say, I want to help you. I use the word help, but cover, which covers my desire for self-fulfillment. What happens when I have such a desire? I neither help you nor fulfill. Because to fulfill means with most of us to have pleasure in doing something which gives me gratification. In other words, Self-fulfillment is gratification, is it not? Superficial or permanent gratification? As long as I'm seeking gratification, which I call self-fulfillment, can gratification be permanent? Obviously not. Surely, when we talk about self-fulfillment, we mean a gratification that is more deep, more profound than the superficial, and can gratification ever be permanent? And as it can never be permanent, we are changing our self it well At one period it is this, and later it is that. And ultimately we say my fulfillment must be in God. In reality. Which is reality we make as a permanent gratification. So in other words, we are seeking gratification when we talk about self-fulfillment. And instead of saying I want to help you in order to gratify myself, which would be too crude and we're we have we gone we are too subtle for that. We say I want to serve you. I want to help you. And when you are prevented, I feel lost. I feel frustrated, angry, irritated. Under the guise of help service, we do a lot of monstrous things deceptions, illusions. Therefore those words need examination, like self-fulfillment, like help, like service. And when we really understand it, not just verbally, deeply, profoundly, then we will help without asking anything in return.